awesome podcast. Toot toot. I'm Big Hal Dottie. And I'm just a regular old possum. Yes, you are. Nothing unnatural about me at all. Bog standard possum over here. Bog standard? What the devil does that mean? I don't know. I think it's something British people say. Oh, bog standard to you then. <laughs> if it's British, I'll immediately adopt it. Yeah. I think that's where we got toot toot. Ah, toot toot. Tally ho. Yep, that is. Oodle lolly. Well, let me just open up the old calendar here and check on uh, the date. Whoa! Oh, Big Al, close that old haunted tone. Something's wrong with that calendar. The calendar has become frightful, Mr. Possum. How come? I think it's because we're in October. Oh. The scariest month of the year. Oh, it snuck up on me just like a spooky old ghoulie. It's the most bone-chilling, goose-bumping, hair-raising month of the year. My teeth are chattering and my knuckles are white. And it's not because that donut I got into. It's because of fear. Yeah, October's the month for telling creepy stories around the campfire or filling your yard with nightmarish decorations. I like to sit down and watch a good goober. Watching a what now? Oh, Big Howl, a goober is a movie filled with spooky ghouls and freaky frights. Oh, so a scary movie is a goober. Yes, that's a goober. I like it. I like that. Now, you gotta turn off the lights when you watch a goober, Big Al. Did you know that? Oh, I knew that. Only cowards watch goobers with the lights on. You don't want to be a coward in October, do you? Somebody will throw a pumpkin at you. Well, that's not a problem any of our listeners are going to have, getting hit with a coward's pumpkin. Our listeners are going to shut those lights off and watch a month-long marathon of bone-chilling goobers. Big Al, I think we should count down our top five October goobers. Yeah, we've each got five recommendations for some frightful flicks for you to watch from the very edge of your seat. Ooh, the scariest part of the seat. The edge. What's your number five? My number five is Demons. Now this is a spooky old goober. Demons is an Italian horror film produced by master of suspense, Dario Argento. It's a colorful 1985 classic about some folks who get trapped in a movie theater and watch a scary movie. Ooh, that sounds horrifying. Just sitting there watching a scary movie. Yeah, frightening. Dark theater, horrifying things happening on the screen. Wet crunching around you. Yeah. And the thing is, Mr. Possum, coincidentally, horrifying things start happening in the real world as well while they're watching the scary movie. What do you mean, coincidentally? It just so happens that the movie is about this mask turning people into demons. Uh Uh-huh. And in the lobby, there's a similar, identical, maybe the same mask that starts turning them into demons as well. And then the whole world gets taken over by demons, and then it's all, you know... Basically, basically the world ends while they're watching this movie. But coincidentally, the movie is also very scary. Yeah, it'd be like if you was watching RoboCop, and then you look around, and you see all them people's turn into robot cops around you. Yeah, it's not really the movie that's turning everyone around you into robot cops. No, it's the hard work of them scientists over there at OCP, of course. Possum, what's your number five? Well, my number five is the original 1989 Pet Cemetery. 
It's based on a book by the master of goobers himself, Stephen King. This movie's about a magical graveyard that brings critters back to life when you bury them in there. Now, at first, this seems like a heartwarming tale, because who wouldn't want a second chance at life? But, buddy, it is spooky. This family, they bury their dead cat in the magic graveyard, you know, and wouldn't you know it, that old cat comes back, and is he ever moody and scratchy? Won't let you pet him? You know, like no cat you've ever seen before? Just difficult to be around? Yeah, it's hard to imagine a cat that's a jerk. Right? It's just unnatural. These these animals, they come back different. Uh-huh. They come back different when they've tasted the grave. Now, you listen here, buddy. You listen close. If I die, no matter how sad you are, please don't bury me in that old magical graveyard. I don't want to come back grumpy and murderous. Okay, I won't do that. I mean it. You're going to be sad. Don't you be carrying me up that rocky path and digging up that old ground and working hard all night to bury me because I don't want it. Well, Mr. Possum, if it's truly your wish that I not struggle to haul your body deep into the woods to the magical graveyard and then work all night digging a hole and sticking you in there, if that's truly what you want, then I won't do those things. You truly are a great and selfless friend, Big Al. Of course I am. On our five top goobers. Big Hal, what's your number four? That's right. A goober is a scary film. I know. And my number four, October Goober, is The Pit. The Pit. Now, this is a spooky old goober. The Pit appears on the surface to just be a humble taste of suburban Wisconsin life. In fact, I'd argue Wisconsin itself is its own character in the film. If you're headed there, I definitely recommend watching this to acquaint yourself with the culture and customs of the region. But something sinister lurks underneath all that surface. And that's odd youngster Jamie Benjamin, who is mistreated by his family and friends. So he develops a relationship with a teddy bear who tells him to feed people to trolls who live in a pit in his backyard. Oh, so he loses his mind? No, the trolls are actually real and the teddy bear can't actually talk. They're, these are real things that happen to him. Oh, so he's not crazy. Actually, no, he also is crazy. It's kind of a perfect storm of circumstances. I mean, you'd only need the scorned kid in the pit to have a story, but you get the rest of it all thrown in as a bonus. It's like one of those Bloody Marys that has a fried chicken leg in it. Oh, I get it, yeah. Just, it just gives you everything. You know, me and you could have ourselves a little pit situation. I'm kind of like that talking teddy bear that talks you into doing stuff. The teddy bear character in the movie does remind me of you in a lot of ways. And I'm a gross little troll who could live in a pit. I probably just go dig a hole in your yard and I can sit in it. Uh Uh-huh. And you just bring me stuff. I bring you the problems in my life and you eat them? I feast on your troubles. Hmm. 
well, that could be a pretty good setup for us. But uh, unfortunately, I, I think I'm just a little too old for the, something like that. Buddy, that's not true. You're not too old for the pit. Don't say that. Possum adults aren't supposed to dump our troubles in a pit in the backyard. We're supposed to let them take over our whole personality. We're supposed to never shut up about them. All right, if that's what you want. We don't get what we want in this world. Uh, all right, if you change your mind, I'll be out in the pit with my mouth open. Possum, what's your number four October goober? Oh, man, my number four goober is a spine tangler. It's called Lawnmower Man. It's about this real simple happy feller named Job who fixes lawnmowers. He's having a pretty great life until some scientist starts doing experiments on him to make him smarter. Anyway, next thing you know, he's like addicted to virtual reality and he's sexy all of a sudden. And he thinks he's happier, but he ain't. He's becoming a nerd. And by the end of the movie, this poor guy is such a nerd, he's actually trapped inside a computer. He thinks he's powerful and stuff, but he's stuck in a computer in the 1990s. What's he gonna do, Big Al? <laughs> What's he gonna do? Just live his life as a minesweeper? He's just hopping from widget to widget on some GeoCities website. It's scary. It's a cautionary tale about the horrors of being too smart. Great, Goober. Mr. Possum, if I just happen to be working on a super experimental new serum to give possums super intelligence, I guess you wouldn't be interested in being my subject for that? Well, I got one word for you, buddy. What's that? Tilly. I'm going to spit it out. You're going to spit out the uh, smart serum? Yes, I'm going to say Tilly. No. Smart people ain't happy. Don't you know that? I'd rather fix my lawnmower, put on my overalls, stare at the sun. Big Al, what's your number three? My number three is Halloween 3, mm. Season of the Witch. Now this is a spooky goober. The only Halloween movie that doesn't have Michael Myers in it, which is part of why it's so scary. Because where is he? Is he just about to walk in the room the whole time? Exactly. Is he just behind the camera? Is he sitting next to you in the theater? He could be anywhere. They never tell you where he is. Instead, you watch this uh, weird old story about some Halloween masks that turn your head into snakes and bugs. What if the mask that Michael Myers is wearing does the same thing to him, but it's just taking a long time? And the reason why he's so scary and murderous is because he's slowly turning into a pile of snakes and bugs. So Michael Myers is the victim to you. He's the victim of uh, Silver Shamrock's scheme. Yes, yeah, like so many fellers. He's a victim of snakes and bugs. Well, speaking of snakes and bugs, Mr. Possum, what's your number three? My number three goober is The Stuff. The Stuff? Yes, made in 1985, one of my favorites. Now, what this is about is this mysterious goo that bubbles up from the earth, and it is delicious. So it gets marketed as dessert, and they call it The Stuff. 
And not only does it taste great, it makes you feel good. It makes you lose weight. And it's the only thing you ever have to eat. Now, doesn't that sound tight? That sounds great. That's where the expression comes from. That's the stuff. Exactly. The catch is the stuff sort of eats your insides, kind of hollows you out, and you're not really you anymore. And all you really care about is eating this stuff, getting other people to eat the stuff. And if you're lucky, you get a job at the stuff hole. That's where they fill up tanker trucks with fresh stuff from the earth. Uh huh. Now me, I'd guzzle that stuff quick. I wouldn't care about being a husk. Yeah, but, I don't. The drawbacks don't sound that bad to me. Yeah. It so just what? T- gets rid of my insides. I don't need those. They're a hassle. Yeah, I'm just sitting around waiting for one of these insides to fail on me. When I could be filling myself up with that sweet, sweet stuff. Exactly. As long as I could eat this stuff, it'd be my pleasure. That stuff is a gift. What can it do, you know? Hey, Big Al. Uh, Yes, sir. I actually have some here in a little tub. You want to try it? You have a tub of the stuff. You have some of that stuff that hollows you out and eats all your insides. Yeah. Yeah, I got some. Okay, let's do it. It tastes great. You want some? Of course I do. Mm, Let's have some killer yogurt. Yum, yum. Let me go grab my favorite spoon. That's right. You can't have enough of this stuff. Big Al and Possum, brave and strong and awesome, speaking truths and tooting toots and having tons of laughs. Big Al and Possum, two good boys who've been hollering. We'll comfort you when you are blue and call you when you're mad. Hey, Mr. Possum. Hey, Big Al. I heard you've been having some bad luck. You could say that, yeah. Okay, I did say it. I got the mummy's curse. A mummy's curse? How'd you get a mummy's curse? Well, I was rooting around in an old mummy's house. Oh, you mean a pyramid? Yeah. What kind of bad luck we talking about, Mr. Possum? Well, mostly the mummy just kept throwing stuff in my head coffee tins and half-full soda cans. What'd you do about it? Well, I tried burying them, and he came back. Then I set them on fire. That didn't work. So then I ran them through a deli slicer. Didn't phase them one bit. Well, it seems like you tried everything. So finally, I dunked him in some water. He did not like that. He dissolved like instant coffee right there in the tub. Hmm. Did you try the mummy coffee? Yes, I did. It was sour, nasty. So I had to go get a big flat stone to seal up my tub. <laughs> wow. Talk about a sour coffee, Gus. <laughs> toot toot. Toot toot. Hey, Mr. Possum. Hey, Big Al. I heard you became a ghoul last week. I sure did. I sure I died, Big Al. Wow. I died temporarily, as possums often do, and this time I crossed full over to the other side and became a ghost. Incredible. How was it? It stunk. It was bad. What stunk about it, Mr. Possum? Well, I tried to contact my wife to see if she'd record Shark Tank on the DVR, but she couldn't see me. Oh, that's a shame. So I tried pushing a penny up the wall, you know, so she'd see I was there. Mm-hmm. And she just goes, Dang it, you old possum, you come back from the grave and all you bring your wife is a lousy penny. Oh, no. And then later that night, she's spinning a bowl on her pottery wheel, and I come up behind her all sensual-like and try to help her with making the bowl, you know? Yeah, makes sense. So she goes, dang it, you old dead possum, leave me alone. Trying to make a bowl here. That's not too nice. 
Well, to be fair, I did mess up the bowl. So later that evening, I come down and my wife and Preacher Jones is sitting at the dining room table with candles and stuff. Look like they're getting ready for a seance. Let me ask you one question, though, Mr. Possum. Was there food on the table? Yeah, they was eating. I figure you're going to have a seance. Why not have some food around? Hmm, okay. So to help them along with the seance, I start flickering the lights and shaking some of the furniture, you know, to let them know I'm there. Because they was taking forever getting it started. Just looking at each other a lot, making small talk. Mm-hmm. How'd they respond? Well, my wife asked the preacher to do an exorcism. Like, right away she asked for this. And the preacher stands up and says, Oh, spirit, why do you haunt Mrs. Possum's house? Oh, specter, what do you want? And what'd you say? I said, well, preacher Jones, tell my wife I specter not to kick me out of my dang house. Choo-choo. Choo-choo. Big Al and Possum, brave and strong and awesome. Speaking truths and tooting toots and having tons of laughs. Big Al and Possum, both bound for Popper's coffins. We'll comfort you when you are blue and calm you when you're mad. We are counting down our top five scary movie recommendations. Goobers. Yeah. Tuber goobers. Tuber goobers. Love watching a goober. Yeah, turn them lights off, watch a goober. Now, Big Al, what's your number two? My number two is the Wicker Man. Mr. Possum. Oh, the Wicker Man, yes. Now here is a spooky goober. I think by now they teach this, uh, the tale of the Wicker Man just in elementary school because it's one of the main bad things that can happen to you as an adult. Mm-hmm. You know, they tell you, you got to look both ways when you're crossing the street. You got to balance your checkbook. You got to wash your hands. You got to not stumble headfirst into a pagan harvest ritual involving your own sacrifice. I like the Wicker Man too, buddy, because it's a cautionary tale against being one of them uptight nerds. That's true. That's true. That guy shows up in that island. He don't want to party. He don't want to do no fun stuff. Yeah, he doesn't like singing and slapping on the table and drinking beer and making crude jokes about the innkeeper's daughter. Yeah, that feller gets up in everybody's business trying to tell them how to live their life, and then, whoops, he's in a Wicker Man. Yeah, he could have just chilled out a little bit and wouldn't have found himself in the belly of a wicker man. What's surprising to me, with how nosy the guy is and with how much he's poking around in everybody's business, he never comes across the people building the wicker man. He never goes, what's that? What you building that for? It appears you're building a big old wicker man. What's that about? Yeah. I guess it just looked so boring that he didn't think he needed to crack down on it. Like, if people were sitting around the wicker man drinking, he'd be like, hey, what's this big party figure? Maybe he would walk up with, like, a tape measure, and he'd start making sure that the wicker man meets all the wicker man codes. Uh, It says here on page four of the wicker man code that you're supposed to have four inches in between each eyeball. Belly of this wicker man does not have an emergency exit. The exits need to be clearly marked on the wicker man. What you're building is a death trap, and I demand you start over. (laughs) Possum, what's your number two? October goober. My number two, now this is Cat's Eye. This is one of them goober variety packs, you know, when you Uh get three spookies in one movie, which is tight. But the one that sticks with me the most is the last one in the movie. You see, there's this myth that a cat will steal your breath in the middle of the night. 
Like he'll hover over your face and suck out your breath and you choke to death. But it turns out that who's really doing this is a little troll with a crooked dagger running around Drew Barrymore's bedroom. Now this movie just has a lot for me to relate to. So you identify with the cat always being sort of blamed for the whatever the troll is doing? No, I relate to the troll. Excuse me? Do you know what it feels like, how refreshed you feel when you steal somebody's breath directly from their mouth at night? No, I can't say I know how that feels. Well, then you just don't know how good it can make you feel. It's like ten sodas at once. Ooh, the fizz. It's like a little monster energy drink you get to suck out of somebody's face. Mm-hmm. Free. It's a free refreshment. And cats are always getting in my way, you know, when they're when I'm trying to go get my breath refreshment. Now, where this troll went wrong is he's wearing all these little janglies on his hat and his clothes. You gotta come in stealthy if you want to steal that breath. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, what's the number one sound that cats respond to? Little, little jingles. Little jingle bells. It's almost like this troll wanted to have a fight with that old cat. So, Possum, you're saying when you step out for a night of uh, breath stealing, you don't hang a bunch of cat toys all over yourself like Christmas ornaments. Right. I also don't dip myself in catnip and warm milk Mm. before I go out and do this stuff because I'm not an amateur. If you'd like to learn how to steal breath correctly, I'm starting a little troll college. Entrollment starts soon. We are counting down our top five scary movies for the month of October, a.k.a. Goobers. And we are at our number one goober. It's time for your number one goober, Big Al. My number one goober is Grim Prairie Tales. Ooh, yeehaw. Now, this is a real treat. The legendary Brad Dourif and the legendary James Earl Jones meet out on the open range and spend the night swapping ghost tales over a campfire. I don't know why this isn't the framing device for literally every movie. What movie would not be better starting and ending with two fellers getting to know each other around the campfire? An uptight city slicker and a gruff old bounty hunter slowly becoming friends and then riding off together into the morning sunrise. Think of it. Hello there, partner. I see you've uh, settled in to a nice camp here to start a little fire. Yeah, I had myself a nice long ride today through Death Valley. I'm ready to finish my campfire beans and get a nice night's rest next to this here warm fire. Do you mind if I sit a spell and take in your company? 
In return, I'll spin you a tale. A tale called Beverly Hills Chihuahua 2. But again, this is a spooky goober. So the tales they're spinning are scary. Mostly because they take place in the dark. And there's like a ghost in one of them, I think. It's very scary stuff. Mm-hmm. Possum, what's your number one? My number one goober is Rubber from 2010. Rubber. This goober is about a tire that kills people. This is your number one goober. Yes, it's a personal one for me, bud. I don't know if you've noticed how many dead possums are out there on the road, but I tell you, the one that killed them all, a tire. Everyone. I suppose that's true. This movie is about a tire who actively tries to kill people, but it gets spookier. It don't roll over them to kill them, buddy. It just explodes their heads. It just sort of quivers and then pop. Now, the fact that it's a tire is just so it can get away clean. It rolls away. Isn't that scary? So it does what the guy from Scanners does. Just blows their heads up. Yep. But imagine if the guy from Scanners was a tire. He could get away with anything. That's true. Nobody would suspect the tire, and he would always have a, a wheel to get away on. Yeah, and they're not, it's not like they're going to throw a tire in jail. They're not going to put a tire on trial. No, that's absurd. Of course not. This movie ain't going to have no tire trial. That's dumb. Is this your favorite movie because finally it's the people who are getting taken out by the tires and not the possums? I just like a good goober. I like to be scared. And when I see a tire... I get scared. Uh, I see, yeah. You know, even more so than Nightmare on Elm Street, this movie is one that's going to make you afraid to get tired. Not because of sleeping, but because getting tired means it's going to, a tire is going to come up and explode your head. Yeah, yeah, no, I get it. Yeah. Some podcast. Toot toot.